This is Misty Jane, and you're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast that helps uplift the hair industry one stylist at a time. Hello there, friends, and welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks. Um, I got a great episode today, but before we get into it, I need your help. I have a goal. I would like to get 20 reviews on iTunes before the end of 2020. So if you have been listening and you have been enjoying this podcast, please go onto iTunes and leave a review um, and sharing it with your friends is always an extra bonus. I truly, truly appreciate it. Today I am talking with Addie Jones, the hair painter. She is a stylist behind the chair. She's an educator. She's one of my good friends. Um, She's an amazing human being with an amazing story. Basically a story about starting over. Her and I wanted to hop on to the podcast and record this conversation because her and I both have basically started over um, in... 2020 and we thought that there was some pretty important things that need to be talked about so there is pure gold in this episode please enjoy hello Addie. i'm super excited to chat with you today how you doing i'm doing fantastic the does and i are very excited to be here oh we have a <laughs> special doggy guest that might um give us some interesting sounds right <laughs> He's like out for his nap and he's not actually (laughs) (laughs) doing the most in the background. He is the most at peace when he is in my lap. So I set myself up for success here. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, So tell the people who you are. You are a friend of mine, but some people might not know um, Addie Jones, the hair painter. Who are you? Okay, so (laughs) I'm a hairstylist. Um, Misty and I met at a hair retreat. Um, but I'm a hairstylist of 11 years. I was born and raised in Alaska, did my schooling and initial career building in Seattle, Washington, um, became a color specialist there, became self-employed there, um, really built the bones of Jones brand. And then I just recently relocated to Charleston, South Carolina, where I'm now in my own salon suite, um, hair color, lived in color specialist. And I'm serving just really the badass, trendy millennial that's just a working babe that I love to give downtime and mimosas to. So (laughs) that is me and my business in a nutshell. I'm a bulldog mom. And yeah. What about education? And I I was about to say, I was like, oh yeah, I'm an independent educator too. (laughs) Um, I teach modern hair coloring techniques. It was the thing that was the hardest for me. I wasn't a natural colorist when I first got into this. And so once I feel like I like cracked that egg, it was so exciting. And I just wanted to like give it in layman's terms to every colorist or aspiring color specialist I'd ever met. So I like the career. I like how challenging, I like how rewarding it is. I like how lucrative it is. I like that I can feel safe as a self-employed single female to know that like no matter what life I want, I can financially support it. Um, so I really do love giving that financial freedom just to women entrepreneurs everywhere, specifically in hair, because that is where my skill set lies. So I think you and I really like bonded and hit it off over like the power of money and how positive it can be and how freeing and how rewarding and what an amazing tool it can be to get the 
whatever your personal message is across. And for me, it's empowering women, whether you're sitting in my chair and it's a break and it's your downtime, just a place to recharge, or you're a stylist in my class and it's here are some eye-opening, life-changing things that you can do in your business that make it so you never have to worry about money again. Money will come to you freely, easily. You will know what to do with it. You will be able to plan for the worst and manifest the best. Music um, to my ears. <laughs> well, let's talk about that for a second because yeah. for people who are listening that maybe um, have not followed along with you for the last year um, or year and a half, uh, you have literally picked up your life and your business and carried it across the United States and started over. So let's give, give, give the people, um, as my son would say, let's tell the town um, <laughs> um, just a little bit about that. Like what, why you picked up your life. Um, and you don't have to get too personal if you don't want to. Um, but you know, ha- what that looked like for you. Well, I was at my peak earning years, things were going great in Seattle. I had built a six figure business and I was hiring an assistant. I was ready to grow. I was ready to save for my own brick and mortar. I just, Seattle wasn't for me. There was a billion personal reasons, a lot of professional reasons where it just was not the place where I was ready to financially commit to for another 15 years. Cause that's what I was looking at minimum to be able to grow into that next stage of my business. And so once I really realized that I was like, you know, Owning your own salon someday is a dream of yours. It's not going to happen now. And you need to find a place where you personally and professionally are going to love it. You're going to thrive. So I ended up settling on Charleston, South Carolina. And yeah, in the middle of my best financial year yet, I stopped working. I took the entire quarter four off from earning money. Mm -hmm. Um, I traveled across the country it was amazing. I camped, I stayed with friends, dozer somehow made it. So that was my biggest worry. And my bougie bulldog dozer (laughs) and survived. Uh, But it was for me, I mean, I look at that time in my life. If I didn't go on that road trip and stop making money for three months, I would never, I would not have been emotionally, financially, or spiritually prepared for the pandemic. When the pandemic hit, I just kind of like tapped into, Oh, it's like being on a sabbatical financially, mentally, emotionally, like, Oh, just lean into that. In those three months, I was able to get crystal clear on what my vision was for my business, crystal clear on what I wanted my personal, like work-life balance to be like, what truly made me happy. I did all the back end of the business cleanup, made systems, everything streamlined. So when COVID hit, I was like, well, shit, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like it's all done. I already took this sabbatical. You know what I mean? So I guess for me now looking at the pandemic and being locked down, I was like, you know, I really just had a lot of fun. I mean, that sounds crazy to say, but I cleaned my cleaning brings me joy. I cleaned the shit out of my house every single day. I spent so much time with dozer, which sounds crazy, but I'm like, I didn't realize that like once I started going to work a little bit more, cause I, you know, went back to work and it was a slow, it's still a slow growing process. I was like, wow, it's been a couple hours and I wish Dozer was here. So there's just a lot of things where I look at the level I was operating at in Seattle and I just had to, because the cost of living was through the roof. The cost of business was much higher. And I think, yep, don't ever want to do that again. So I love the clarity that essentially six months off of work has brought me um, who specifically I love to give my time and energy to, who my dream client is, 
who I like to spend my free time with, how much time I really need people versus alone time. Um, yeah. And I'm just feeling now that I am back to work, like more aligned and ready to serve ever than before. So do you feel like the fears that you had before your move were similar fears once COVID, the lockdown or shutdown, whatever you want to call it, hit? Or do you feel like it was more of a different duet? When I was about to quit my job and give up that, because we get paid every time we go to work. You know what right. I mean? Right. You get so much instant gratification visually, financially. Like It's like, oh, did a head of hair. It looked beautiful. Just got paid. Yep. So the thought of not having such regular paychecks to me was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? So I went through that like panic attack moment when I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm quitting my job. Ah, like no money's coming in for an undetermined amount of time. I had no plan as to when I was going to get to the East coast. I had no idea when my South Carolina licensing was going to go through. I really was like, just don't spend money, stop the bleeding, eliminate all your bills and just get there. Right. And enjoy I, I didn't know how much fun I was going to have not spending money, not doing fancy shit. And really it was just me either like being outside or chatting with friends. That's a lot of what my sabbatical was. So when I went into COVID, I was like, Oh, I got this. And right now I have like, I didn't even have the internet when COVID hit. I just had data. I was like, well, I just FaceTime roulette people and I spend time with people. Um, and I go outside and that's well, really what it was for me it, for COVID. It's funny because um, two things that you said really resonate with me. So for anyone listening that doesn't know, I stopped my 17 year career behind the chair in September um, because of virtual school and just kind of the unknown. Um, and I wanted to get into coaching. Um, I'm in a space right now where, you know, coaching is still very new. Um, so that not a whole lot of money comes in when you're starting a business from the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I also left a job that, as you said, is you get validation from more than one time a day. I mean, you make a client happy and you get a, Oh my God, I love it constantly. Where now I'm in a space where the validation comes maybe once a month, Mm -hmm. maybe if I'm real lucky once a week and, and I'm, And when you're in a space where you're not getting validation and you're not making money, you get in this mindset of what the fuck am I doing? Like, do I have a purpose anymore? Like what, what is happening? And it's interesting. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to chat publicly today is to talk a little bit more about all of these things because, um, starting over comes with struggles that I think people don't realize. I mean, there's obviously the fear of starting over, but when you're in it and when you're actually doing it, um, there's just little things that need to be pivoted. So Mm -hmm. what, what is something that let's talk about money for a second. Mm -hmm. Let's not talk about, yeah, let's talk about money for a minute. What, um, what is something that you gave up starting your journey that you miss and you would, once the funds come back again, you will do. And what is something that you will probably never do or spend on again? I absolutely miss regular Sunday brunch. Mm. I miss eating out. Yes. Ugh. That's a treat me moment. We never did it growing up. Eating out to me was always like, oop, like this is your celebratory moment. You won, you get to go do a reward. So 
I miss that. I will definitely, when I'm in a financial position, like budget that in and just have that little brunch budget. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I'd probably like never invest in again. It's like, oh, that's gone. TV, streaming services. I don't have any of them. Like I literally haven't had them. You kind of, I guess before I moved, I was like, all right, eliminate all my bills. I obviously didn't have rent. Um, I didn't have any streaming services. I literally had no keys on my, my keychain and little to no <laughs> bill. It was awesome. Right. Things like car insurance, you know, you have to keep those. Um, but really I didn't have much. And once I got here, I'm like, no, I don't want a TV. Like I don't own one. And people right. are like, what do you do? I'm like, I don't know lots of stuff. Like I had COVID without a TV. I was like, I guess it, so many people took pity on me and were like, do you need my Netflix password? <laughs> How are you going to get through this? And I was like, if you want me to have access to your seven to $13 a month, great. Like I don't need it. I could have right. lived with Tiger King. I'm so happy to know what the memes are about. Um, but I was not someone that like binged watch a bunch of TV in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I definitely went outside and I FaceTimed people. I was constantly FaceTiming people. So um, yeah, streaming services. I don't ever need them. I don't think I'll ever buy a TV because I loved when I did. And now when I have people come over, it's about the conversation. If there's a TV in the room, it's normally on and then people stop talking. Oh my God. I, I can't, my biggest pet peeve is going to a restaurant, like a nicer restaurant and there's a TV. Like it drives, yeah. for like, some reason it drives me nuts. Exactly. I don't like when it's a get together of any sort, whether you're out or you're in and phones, screens or tablets are involved. I'm like, isn't the point to like bullshit with each other and see what's going on? Exactly. I I always try and sit where like my back, like my husband's back is to the TV because he like has this like ADD where like he has to be looking at it at all times. (laughs) And it's like, you know what? You're not allowed to look at that. Turn around. (laughs) Um, We're here to date. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're supposed to be talking to me. <laughs> um, so, okay. So you picked up, moved across the United States. Um, COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. I, so I got to, um, Charleston in January and in February, it's like, what are people doing in China? Like, why is everyone sprinting for masks? You know what I mean? Like it was like, you started to see this like global news come in. Right. My financial plan to make it as I was building here was to go to Seattle once a quarter and take, you know, my regular clients, be there for seven days worth of clients and do that four times a year, that and teach four classes. And that would financially get me by to, you know, peacefully grow here, authentically grow here and not just be like, well, I'll take anyone and I'll do anything because that is just not how it's supposed to go. And with one class happened and it was at your salon curate. Um, and I've had two Seattle trips canceled. So I'm like, well, can't really rely on that. So my budget and what I thought I was going to make this year is just like completely wrecked like everybody else. Right. Um, and it's really had me pour into my local business, my local following, my local clients. Like, I mean, the dream is to live here. So it's made me believe in that dream a whole lot more because I'm like, well, you have to water that plant. I just assumed that I would need to do these two other things to make this happen. I'm like, well, I guess that's not how it's going to go. So time to really invest and invest in my home. 
Right. What are you doing now to build your clientele in a completely new place? Instagram for sure. I mean, my age demographic and like my ultimate dream client is on Instagram. It's the modern millennial. I don't, and I purposely don't use other social medias to market myself that I don't use that doesn't feel authentic to me that I wouldn't waste time on. So I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Yelp. I'm not on like Google reviews. Like when I go and review or look up a photographer that I want to hire, a hairstylist I want to hire, um, even a realtor, I go to their Instagram and I see what their mood, what their vibe, everything. And so I really just want the person that uses Instagram to come find me. Um, I feel like we already have a lot in common between our meme game, our entertainment, our sole purpose on this earth. Millennials definitely have this like deep seated core value of needing to make a difference and wherever they work, they want it to, they want it to mean something. And so I noticed that all of my clients that I'm getting off Instagram are not just like wanting the low maintenance lived in hair. It's also the treat yourself moment. Because what I specialize in, you can come back when you want to, not when a retouch tells you you have to. So when you have budgeted it in, when you have set aside time for it, when you've earned it, I cannot wait to be your treat yourself moment. I've been, you know, watching and cheering you on as you hit all your goals. Like, it's just like this really awesome, oh my gosh, what happened to you last quarter? You know, like, what did you accomplish? Um, So So, Instagram on purpose. Because that's where your ideal clients live. Yes. Yes. So talk to the stylist that's listening that really it feels like they're doing everything. Don't love it. You know, mm-hmm. maybe don't necessarily maybe have a kind of an idea of who their ideal client is, but not really like give them a piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Where can they start to, to start over, even if it doesn't involve moving, like where can they start over within their business? If they feel like they're doing it all and they're not loving it. I would say immediately stop doing it all. Sit down with yourself. What service practically do you enjoy? Um, I was a barber when I first got out and I love doing men's cuts. I love the detail work of it. And then after becoming a lived in color specialist, I was like, you know, I don't love it. Men's cuts as much as I used to. And so just really like what do you like doing and what do you not like doing? Okay. Now look at the soul you love to serve. Who is that person? Like get crystal clear on who your person is. Then you can go out and search and like make the 360 plan to find this person, to market to them, to let them know this is what you do. These are the problems that you solve. But if you don't know who you are, what you like, and you don't know who you serve. Yeah. It's going to feel like a mystery shit show. You're going to be just like, Oh, I'll try this for a week. And I'll try that for a week. And then burnout is just like all around you. Right. So they need to sit down with themselves and see what they even like. Well, it's interesting too, because, um, you know, it's very easy to get in a scarcity mindset when it comes to not just starting over, but, but feeling financially, you know, um, lacking. Uh, Mm -hmm. so it's easy in your head to think, well, I need to make money I'm just going to take anybody that's going to give me money. And I'm going to just say to that right then and there, we all come out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We are all broke. We are hairstylists and we are broke. And I, people were referring me, but I have a very, very specific client. I solve a very specific problem. And people were like, well, do you do men's hair or like gray retouches? And I was like, well, yeah, I can do them. 
And I just want people to know it doesn't have to be perfect. Like I took a men's cut just out of that, like, should I do this? Should I not? I was like questioning like my business plan that I tell everyone else. And the whole time I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have done this. Like one, I'm slower at it. Two, I'm not the best at it. Three, I can think of three referrals that would have taken care of this person so much better. And why didn't I just say, here are some referrals for you? Like, no, it's not actually what I do, but I can point you in the right direction. Right. But even if you like misstep, you can just reach out to that person and just say, you know, this isn't actually what I do. Like next time, like this is the way it's going to go. So it doesn't have to be perfect, but I just thought it was like this perfect, like check in, like reality check of like, you should have just listened to yourself and done your business plan. And, and do you feel like you people. took the, the men's cut because of this, like, friend girl, you know, like it was right. kind of like, Oh, it's their friend. You no, know? right. It wasn't some random getting a hold of me from a, a review somewhere. It had a direct referral. And I was like, I don't know, am I going to take just like, you know, my client's fiance or my client's boyfriend? Like, I was like, no, I'm going to have referrals for them. And then the other thing I was working in a booth rental salon when I first got here. Um, I would randomly, it was really, really kind and thoughtful, get like, Hey, do you want, do you have time for this person? Like I can't get them in, but it was like a great retouch or like someone that just wasn't my dream client. And I was like, you know, I don't even want to have to fire these people later. Like I just want to stay very aligned and in tune with who my person is. I don't want to experience burnout before I even get there. And so I think there is a polite tactful and kind way to say one that's super thoughtful that you're thinking of me and trying to get me paid. I appreciate that. That does not go unnoticed. If you have anyone in the, for me, lived in low maintenance highlight category, I would absolutely love to take care of them. Um, that's my specialty. So I wish that even with that men's cut moment, I just stuck to the business plan, but it was funny too. After that men's cut came and left, my coworkers were like, wait, what? Right. Like, how did they get into your chair? Like we only see people age like 22 to 39 sitting in your chair and they're female. Right. So, well, and it's, I like that you said that you can go back and, and kind of change it because that something similar happens. Yeah. Something similar happened to me where I had, um, so I did cut only, um, but I wanted to stop doing cut only. I wanted to do color, you know, and, um, So I had a girl that I cut her hair and her mom came in with her and her mom wanted an appointment. And I, in my head, I knew I didn't want to take this, this haircut. Um, but I did because I don't know, she was standing right there and I don't know why, because we're here. Yeah. People pleasers. I don't know. Like, so I booked it and I, it drove me nuts for a week. And Mm -hmm. I finally sent her a message and I told her, I said, look, you know, I, here's these, all these referrals, but like, I actually like, I'm not no longer taking cut only. Yep. Uh, yeah. And you know, sorry for any inconvenience. I let her know ahead of time. I didn't let her know the day before the appointment, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and then I felt better and she was, thank you so much. That was it, you know? And it, it wasn't a big scream in my face. You're a horrible person situation that we put in our heads, you know? And it's been, I mean, I think because we are we serve, we're in customer service. I think we always have a heart, especially so right now, I don't always have the perfect referral because I'm in a new community. Um, This happened in Seattle and this happened in Charleston. One was an older man. We're talking like 75 plus. And then in Charleston, it was easily 
late seventies, early eighties female. Mm-hmm. And they both walked into my p- place of business in Seattle and in Charleston and were like, my hair salon went on a business. Like, how do I get an appointment here? And in Seattle, COVID rules are very strict. Um, and so like he could, he wasn't even allowed to walk in. And so we're like, Hey, just, you know, like we have a website, you go, you know, and it was all online. Like if you would like to find someone to cut your hair here, you have to go online. You have to look for, read the stylist bios, and then you book online. That's the only way to do it with the COVID rules. Like we are in a new world now. Right. And in the Charleston location, I'm in salon suites. So it's a bunch of private rooms. I haven't met everyone yet. And I'm a color specialist and this, and I don't cut short hair. I have no idea how to do it. So, and I haven't met anyone that does short women's haircuts. I was like, I got a few barber referrals, but I don't know the referral for her. Right. So she walked in like, well, how do people market these days? And I was like, oh my gosh, she's not going to like this answer. I was like, well, I use Instagram. Like, do you even know what that is? (laughs) And so I think we have a heart like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. Like we're in a new world, like this older generation, like they're used to walking into barbershops and salons and just waiting until someone takes them. Um, And a lot of those places have gone out of business. Well, and I think um, a lot of those people too are used to a very specific price point. And mm-hmm. the number one reason I never liked walk-ins was because I didn't want someone to sit in my chair and go, what the hell, a $60 haircut? You know, yeah. I want you to know what you're going to pay before you walk in the door so mm-hmm. that we don't have those awkward conversations. And I, yeah, I, I think. I haven't taken walk-ins for years. Like who walks in for a four-hour appointment? It's just not the thing. Right, right. So And I think, and it was early in the morning. And so no one was there. I was like, well, people's like websites are like on their doors. Like I'm trying to like put her in contact. So I was like, I truly don't know who is a great hair cutter here. So I'm so sorry. I don't have a referral for you, but I would get online on Google. And like, once again, I referred like a grandparent to Google and I'm just, I feel awful. But in that moment, I was like, I did the best that I could with the information I had at the time. So I was like, I felt terrible watching these two older people go through COVID and like the way, like they need haircuts too, you know? Right. right. It's just not what I do. And well, so- I think the suites are interesting. When I was in a suite, you know, you, you know, when a walk-in is, they put on the front door where I was at walk-ins welcome, but nobody took walk-ins. <laughs> no one was actually available when someone randomly walked in. Right. So you would see somebody walking around the big circle of all the doors and peeking and they'd knock on a door. They talked somebody for a second, they'd walk out, they'd walk and knock on the next door. And it was just this, I think that, um, I was in a Phoenix salon suites mm-hmm. and I, they really advertised that, well, we can grow your business, but, but you're going into a suite. You probably already have a business. Right. I think that's something that big salon suite companies are like, and we'll help. Like they really want to help you. But it's like, if you can afford the overhead of a suite, you already have a clientele. Exactly. Exactly. And you already have consistent referrals and business coming in. You don't just, I mean, go into a suite without a plan. And even though when I was moving into my current suite, like look exactly like I do right now, which is death for all of you guys listening. (laughs) Jesse Baker and I are like building this thing out and we're doing manual labor and I'm hauling stuff in someone there's, um, fancy apartments above all the businesses below. And so they're like, Hey, we are like, do you work in there? I was like drenched in sweat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we're my daughter's, I need to get her a haircut. And I was like, at that time, 
like I was having financial stress dreams. Like I wasn't sleeping at night. I was terrified. I was just like, oh my gosh, like, am I crazy? Like, is this thing going to book itself? Like I was just super, super, super stressed. I was bouncing in and out of a scarcity mindset. And I was like, yeah, I can cut your hair. Right. (laughs) So it would just like in that moment, I was like, you know, I can think of three people off the top of my head that do amazing women's haircuts that would have done a way better job than me. And I feel like in this moment, it was a disservice to her to not send her to those people. Right. So, and I haven't done a walk-in since. Well, that's it. But that's a great mindset shift is like, it would be a disservice. Like you said earlier to take somebody that you're going to end up having to break up with or wanting to break up with, you know, pretty soon after the fact. I have worked with people that I'm like, your haircuts are fire oh my gosh, I want to sit in your chair. Like you are so good at this. And so I'm like, great. I have people that they want a cool haircut or they want this, that, or the other, like go see this person. Well, I think that's the beauty too, um, of great branding is like, I know for me, when somebody would reach out, I would send them to my website and they Mm -hmm. decided from there, if I was right for them on the website, you know, because my website was laid out very clearly of who I, you know, who I serve, who I serve. Yep. My personality, Um, my prices, my policies. Yeah. And if, if they looked at it and I mean, I even had, I had a client, um, she was a client for a couple of years and she was one that I was okay with her leaving me. Cause I, when mm-hmm. I started really branding myself, I went through a, tra- a transition of, you know, I'm ready to get rid of some of these people. And she was one of those people. And it was really interesting because she texted me and she said, I really like your new website. I don't think it's for me. I'm going to go ahead and cancel my next appointment. And I had done her hair for years. Yeah. And, and it was like, Ooh, (laughs) it worked. worked. I mean, at first I was kind of like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? But but at the same time, it's, it did its purpose. For me, something that I'm always like, I have a little bit of like PTSD and like scared to like be my full self. I have a sailor's mouth. The whole world knows it. Anyone that knows me knows that I'm going to swear. When I was first in this industry, I worked at the biggest, fanciest salon. It was very like put on your (laughs) America's Next Top Model outfit and like be this posh poise version of yourself. And you were just like, it looked like just nothing but walking models were working in here. And we were all perfectly professional all at the same time. And I had such a mask on. I'm like, I normally kind of look like Kurt Cobain in my off days and I swear like a sailor. So just the fancy factor alone wasn't me. I had a bunch of clients I loved, like some of my gray retouches that I'm like, oh, I can't wait till they're in my chair because it felt like a mom was with me and I really did love our time together. But even so, I felt like I had that out of respect for you, I'm going to water myself down because I don't want to make you uncomfortable because I enjoy you and our time so much. But even that, just like constantly editing myself, constantly watering myself down, I was like, I love you and I want to be friends with you in real life. But I think for my like daily personal professional life, I'm going to just really brand myself. And it's, it hits a little harder. It's a little more raw. It's a little sexier. I don't really need to be doing your 12 year old daughter's hair anymore. Like my brand is too mature for her. Right. But I love going to her ballet. I love like our life and our time together, but I need my business to be my business where I feel completely like myself. 
Um, so some of my breakups happened when I moved just naturally, but I remember thinking, I was like, well, I loved all of those people. I just need to be very specific with what service do I like doing and don't water yourself down. So every once in a while, I just catch myself. I'm like, did you just edit yourself 17 times? Like people are going to like the real you Addie. So I have to like pep talk myself and remind myself that it's okay. Right. Yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm back and forth full transparency. Um, I'm back and forth about going back behind the chair. Um, and a part of me, one is terrified to start over. Um, Mm -hmm. another part of me is, um, really excited to start from scratch. It feels pretty great. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, if I go back, I'm going back 15 hours a week, I'm going back two days a week and that's it. And I'm probably not going to work nights. Like I've already like, you know, I, I'm raising my prices because, you know, like in my head, I have it all laid out how it would happen. Um, and uh, I'm excited to not, I mean, I had the hard conversation walking away, but it's easier when you just say, all right, I'm done with hair. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Rather than, hey, I'm still doing hair, but now I'm not going to do your hair. <laughs> yeah. Like a price raise and it's like, oh, shoot. Like I know I know who's not going to come with me. I know what 10% are going to decide that this is out of their beauty budget. And it's not a personal attack on you. It's strictly business. It's like for me to fulfill like my business's higher self, my higher self provide for the life that I've always worked for and dreamed of. Like these price raises come along with it. Right. And for anyone listening that is scared of starting over in their business, again, not, not fully like walking away, but just rebranding and, and bringing on the people, you know, that bring you joy. Um, it is possible. Uh, and it's okay to um, communicate things. It's, a, you know, it's, it's easier said than done. I'm not going to say it's, you know, a cakewalk mm-hmm. because sometimes the conversations are harder, but you just need to figure out what it is that you want your life to look like in your salon and stick mm-hmm. with it. So I had a guy. Do oh, it. Go for it. I had a guy, um, I, I wanted to stop doing guy cuts. And, um, so what I did is instead of just breaking up with all my guy clients, cause a lot of them had been with me for over 10 years, I raised the prices to one of the highest that I know of in the area for guy cuts. Mm-hmm. And I had, um, three people stay with me, three guys. One of them, um, he liked a very specific time and day. And he liked to book out for the whole year. Well, I decided that I didn't like that anymore. I want, I didn't want to have to plan my life around a whole year's worth of clients. Right. So I um, started this new rule where it could only, you can only book out two future appointments. Um, and flexibility in your schedule and your vacations. Exactly. Exactly. So it got to the point where when he would book out a second, he, the time that he liked was not available. And, um, you know, I basically just told him, I'm sorry, like it is what it is. I didn't, you know, and he ended up leaving me and, and I was glad because, you know, I stuck with what I wanted my business to look like. And if somebody doesn't like it, they will leave you. And that is okay because somebody who does like it or doesn't mind who is your ideal client is going to fill that space. So Don't be scared to um, sit down and really figure out what it is that you want your business to look like and just take the action and implement it and stick to your guns because you will not regret it. And I think something that might make you feel better about it is there's someone for everyone. 
Mm -hmm. You don't have to be everything for everyone. So this guy that likes to plan out his whole year, some people, some hairstylists love doing that. They will block book six months worth of clients. Their clients are loyal to the core. They don't move and they get peace from having six months of their life planned out. So when you're like, oh, I'm letting this person down. Um, I'm like, no, you're, they're going to go and be in the relationship they're supposed to be in and they will be super happy. Amen. Advice, but just because you're breaking up with someone nice, doesn't like, let them go find their penguin, you know? Right. Well, think about, think about your past. Okay. Think about who you dated in the past, right? Like the breakups are hard, but <laughs> you end up finding the person <laughs> that you're supposed to be with. So it's like, it's kind of, it's the same thing in your business, you know? Yeah, for sure. So I want you to um, talk to the person who wants to start over in any, in any manner, not just, not just um, in business, in the hair business. Like if somebody's just, something isn't right in their life and, and they, there's something that they want to make a change and they really just, the fear is taking over. What would you say to that person? If you're in that like crippling fear mode, write it down, journal it, get crystal clear on like, what is this fear? What is it rooted in? And then what I do is I look at it and I think, okay, I need help in this category of life. This is paralyzing me, whether it's financial stress, it's business disaster, it's personal life malfunction, like whatever's going on. And I go, do I need a personal trainer? Do I need a therapist? Do I need a business coach? Do I need a financial coach? Do I need um, to go to my girlfriends? Do I need, what do I need to support me in this? And like the master of this topic, just knowing, like accepting that I can't do it by myself. I'm clearly overwhelmed and I need help. So if I'm to the point where fear is controlling my decisions, that's when I like wave the white flag and I just figure out what topic of life is causing me so much fear and anxiety and just shop for that expert. I think thinking that you can do it alone when you're drowning is just like, all right, now I'm going to totally sink. Um, and if it's something that's financial stress and you're not in the position to hire someone, who do you know that has their financial shit together? Do you have any friends that don't seem to have financial problems? Do you have anyone like a relative, someone that you can trust because money is personal mm -hmm. and just pick their brain a little bit and gain some insight, maybe get some patterns that you can put into place. Like, I go to people and say, you seem to be really great at this. I'm struggling. Can you help me? Um, so I normally just say. Oh. And hire might mean stock their page for a long time. There's a lot of people that put out so much free content and education that you can at least get comfortable and make a plan um, and then go from there. And I would add to this too is, um, you know, the exchange of knowledge is one thing. So me and you can sit here and talk about something all day long, um, you know, but putting action to the knowledge is what is actually going to do it. Because I know a lot of times people are constantly seeking more knowledge, more knowledge, you're constantly Googling, you're constantly hiring, but you're not actually implementing changes into your life. And that is where the magic happens. So it's great to get all this knowledge, but if you're not putting it into practice in any way, it, yeah, what's the point? It's just a waste. I'm not the type of person where I'm like, 
you need the trainer, you need the coach because you mm-hmm. need the accountability. Yes. If you're a self-starter, you can go out and do all this research and be like, oh my gosh, I found gold. This is it. This is making me aligned and at peace. And then you do it. If you are someone that struggles staying on course, and that's like a, that's a hard thing to admit. No one wants to say like, yeah, I have a hard time executing. You know what I mean? But if you can just own that and then be a, like, make yourself a part of whatever accountability pack you need to, you just need to go do it because once again, like you can't do it by yourself. Right. There's no way I could have executed a quitting my business, cross country move, relaunching my business, COVID, staying true to my new business policies if I didn't have a huge network. And there were plenty of nights where I was stressed. I didn't sleep. Like I was so stressed on it. Is this week going to pull? Like, am I going to pull it off? And it's when I was, I'd set aside the money to do build out. I don't like spending money. It's painful for me. And because I was spending a lot, it was like this pot that was all to go to the suite. It just made me feel disgusting. I was like, and it's gone. You know, all that hard work is gone. Um, but in that, and I started having the stress dreams and I called my best friend Carly and I was like, talk me off the ledge. This business plan is going to work because of X, Y, and Z. And she's like, yes, Addie, it is. And now here I am like, you know, the money is spent. Like now I'm starting to like go the other direction instead of hemorrhaging money. I'm slowly starting to make money. But if you don't have a team, you don't have a village, you don't have anyone to hold you either accountable or remind you and make you feel safe. Like you're going to die alone. You need a team, you need a village. And it can look like a lot of different things. It doesn't have to be a coaching program or group personal training. It can look like a lot of different things. Yep. I I think at least once a week I call Jordan or mm -hmm. I have a zoom call with my friend Haley, people who are going through similar things, but in different ways. Um, Mm -hmm. and it recharges me. It, it, Takes I just me. got hooked up with Jordan's therapist and I'm like, yeah. this is the therapist yes. I need right now. Yes. So it's oh, like, I, oh I have a counselor. This? My counselor specializes in like high achievers and she is like, I, if I could talk to her every day, I would like, she just like puts well, me. Yes. Well, because your, your that mind, means. yes. Your mind is the only thing holding you back most of the time. Most mm-hmm. of the time. I mean, you know, um, if you can get past that, then Think you're going are when we're making fear-based decisions. It's right. not great. It's like, oh, I'm going to die fear. Like these are irrational decisions. So if you don't have anyone talking you off the ledge and reminding you of the truth, you're going to flounder. Right. Yep. And the what accountability is huge too. Just say you're going to do something and then having somebody constantly being like, Hey, you, did you do it yet? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, so I do think therapists are a financial luxury. I do think business coaches are a financial luxury. Like a, I think personal trainers are a financial luxury and it is 2020. I would say get on all of these people's profiles, pages, and websites and just devour all of the free content they put out. Amen. I am an education enthusiast. I'm used to having a big continued education budget. I'm used to being able to book therapy when I want to. And I'm, my income is like one third of what it normally is. And I have all these like remove, like moving rebranding bill um, bills. So 
I've just gone to my favorite educators for color, for life coaching, for business coaching, for therapy, and I've just been devouring their free content. And this time of year, at the end of the year, I was like, I'll see how much money I have left. I'll see if I have the luxury of buying a class or buying something. If I don't, I'm going to keep devouring the free content because it's everywhere. So all of this doesn't have to cost money necessarily. Right. Exactly. There's so much free stuff out there. I mean, Google. (laughs) Um, Well, Addie, let's end this with, if you could, and you can say whatever you want, even though we have a special guest, my son is peeking in here right now. Um, If you could say anything to 2020, what would it be? Fuck 2020. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Gonna make some new merch. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. I, I'm actually, I'm sure that's a shirt or a sweatshirt or something. But oh, there's so many versions of Fuck 2020 merch for sure. Um, Addie, thank you so much. I knew that I knew that we would get on here and have a real conversation, and I actually think this was like way better than I than I expected. Um, I always, I always <laughs> enjoy. I always enjoy talking to you um, and we'll have to do this again in, in the we next, in the next season of life. Where can people find yeah. you? Um, I'm only on Instagram and my website, but it's addyjones.thehairpainter. And then my website is addyjoneshairpainting.com. So if you go to either one, you will find the opposite link. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much. And I will talk to you again soon. Bye. Once again, I cannot thank you enough for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. I cannot express how much it means to me to get the wonderful um, feedback on how much you enjoy just a real raw conversation. At the end of the day, that's all I want to bring to you is um, realness. I'm not here for the fake shit. So once again, if you enjoy it, please give it a share. Definitely leave a review. Um, Don't forget to tag me and in this case tag Addie Jones the hair painter on Instagram. We both very much appreciate it and I hope the end of 2020 brings you all of the clarity and um, beautiful new life that you deserve. Talk to you on the next one.